Good afternoon, guys. How are you? I'm here with Jordan Edwards. This is It's Real with Jordan and Demi. And today we have uh, Nicholas of Current Joys. And I'm going to be 100% honest. I discovered him during the quarantine. Um, his new song, New Flesh, I probably listened to 27 million times out of the 97 million plays he has on Spotify for that song. Um, he just released a new uh, LP called Voyager and people are loving it. It's his seventh LP, so let's welcome Current Joys. Hello. What's, what's going on, Nick? Nothing much. I'm in New York City in my, uh, in not my apartment. I, I live in LA. I'm just in a, in a, in a friend's bedroom right now. What are you doing in New York City? <sighs> visiting, visiting. He's so, not being in LA. That's enough. Being in LA. Not being in LA. Yes. Yes. Are you an LA type guy or a New York City type guy? I, I am a, uh, probably an LA type guy, you know, I do yoga and meditate wow. and go on hikes, eat wheatgrass shots. Eat wheatgrass wheat shots. shots. Yeah. yeah. My body is collapsing from the amount of Italian food I've consumed in the last four days. So. Jeez Louise. Sounds I'm delicious. loving the earring. What's this earring you have? Oh, I got it at a, a thrift store yesterday. I don't know. Just sort of like the. Cool, groovy. Our subject. My earrings, my whole, my thing got infected during quarantine. I took them out. So, yeah. Oh, you got to keep that shit clean, man. Got to keep it clean. Two hours. I, I peer. You know, I, I forget I have my ears pierced, and every now and again, I just, I just bust through. You know, so this one will probably start. You know, getting a Yikes. little rust. Yikes. So no, that ends the the ear hygiene portion of the show. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So something most people don't know about you is you moved to New York, you're from Nevada, and you started out working in the film industry. Is that, what's that all about? That's a glorified way of, of saying I was an office PA for about a year. Um, and I worked on a few uh, independent movies. I worked on season five of Girls, um, the HBO show. So if you watch the credits, my name is in there. Um, I was living in Nevada and I moved to New York, uh, worked about 80 hours a week as a production assistant, which I feel like most uh, production assistants can relate to is, is a horrible, horrible way to live. And, I literally uh, dropped out of the industry because I couldn't do it. There you go. There you and go. Now and here I'm creating stuff. I just like went in the other, I, like, I made a circle and came around the other way um, by making my own stuff, you know, good, which good. you can do now. Which you can do now. Yeah, which you can do now. Because they kind of do this thing. They do this like old school thing. Like, oh, you're working your way up. You got to put your time in, kid. But what there's, is this, there's the 50s? What are we at? Like MGM Studios with Cecil I know, or right? Like, you know? this isn't the 70s anymore. You can make your own stuff. Um, but then, so then I moved to LA and became a wheatgrass drinking uh, LA person uh, because of that experience. But I'm, I'm back in New York City. For, for the next few weeks, yeah, just visiting. What was it like growing up in Nevada? How did you're, it feel easy to adapt to New York? You're from the Vegas area, right? I'm from Vegas, I'm from Henderson. You know, I yeah. say I'm 
Las Vegas, but if you're from Las Vegas, people would say, "Oh, you're from Henderson," because it's oh yeah, the, it's the suburb, you know. It's or not Paradise, quite, Nevada is not Vegas. Either. Paradise, Nevada is Vegas. That's is like, Vegas that's the strip? That's like casino, you know. Okay. Like the the true blue uh, Las Vegas, but Henderson is like a suburb, and then there's. Uh, you know, it's very like, have you seen the new Twin Peaks, like the new season of Twin Peaks? No, I, wait, I haven't it's, seen that. It's crazy. It's insane. But uh, there's like a lot of scenes in like the suburbs of Vegas. And there's like houses that are just like normal, extremely normal people. And then like the next door is like a, a crack den or something. And like <laughs> that with like some crazy, you know, Lynchian messed up stuff going on. So that's, that's Vegas. You know, that's, it's like all these stucco houses, a lot of strip malls and then the, the strip itself. Yeah. We, we had a uh, Shamir, the, the singer Shamir on, yes, uh, yes, I know and Shamir. He's, he's a Vegas guy. Yes, person. Yes. I actually met Shamir uh, in Brooklyn. Um, they were like hanging out on my stoop or like the stoop next to my house. And they were like, hey, you're you're Nick. Like, I know you. And and just like the sweetest person in the world. Like, Shamir yeah, is like the nicest person in the world. And also I'm like, has always like retweeted or reposted things that I've done when I did had had them on the show and everything so that was really yeah cool. extremely supportive extremely sweet but what i'm getting at is that shamir talked about that it was vegas was such a strange place to grow up and they called it the the devil's the devil's playground or something like that like it was not a place that is very kid friendly and that shamir wanted out basically as soon as they could get out yeah. And you kind of had that same feeling like I want to get out of the desert. I want to get out of Vegas as soon as I can. Like when you were a kid, I didn't really know that I could get out. I just kind of accepted it as my life. Like uh, when I graduate, uh, you know, I went to, I went to college in Reno, you know? So I was like, I was kind of like, I guess I'm just in Nevada, you know, like I guess I'm kind of just stuck in this place. It didn't really seem like a possibility of living anywhere else. And there's this, this apathy that's inspired by the desert. Like, I mean, you, you, a lot of people stay there. A lot of people get stuck there because it's like, you know, you drive, there's something about the desert landscape, like of the city, you know, you drive to the outskirts of town. You can literally see where like the city ends and then it just becomes this sprawl of sand and desert and mountains. And, um, you know, a lot of people might think that's a very romantic thing, but I think if you're living inside of it, it inspires this great apathy to, um, not leaving, like a lot of people just kind of stay there, or go back there. Um, so yeah, moving to an actual city, there is like a shell shock, but I think I'm, I'm used to it at this point. Um, and it's also inspired a great hatred for desert landscaping, um, which I'm trying to overcome because a lot of people, see a lot of beauty, you know, like you go to LA, like everyone's like, oh, Joshua tree, it's magical out there. And I'm like, oh, I hate it. What's Joshua tree? <laughs> Joshua tree. Yeah. What is that? it's like it's like the desert it's just like the desert and people are like it's so beautiful it's, it's where you go to like take peyote and like you go to take your spiritual there. self yeah, and you go to have a spiritual journey in the desert but it just reminds me like i was a boy scout also and we would oh, go i was a brownie 
Oh, really? I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm like, I didn't make it to the next is it, is it three? I thought it was two. It's three. It's oh, three? three? Oh, shit. Got to be yeah. trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind of. Oh, be man. Thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. And you reverent. Don't forget the reverent Don't part. forget reverent. It's a lot of a lot of morals to live by. But we, yeah. would, we would go camping. Like, there was no, you know, if we weren't going to California, we were going, like, De Death Valley, you know, which, if you can only imagine by the name, is just. When you're, like. 10 years old or yeah, 10 years old. We're in death Valley. We're just like camping in 125 degree heat. Like in just, just like hot, you know, when you see the, the air cooking, the waves, the waves. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like Lawrence of Arabia. You like, yes, out. Yes. Like, it is like, like star like, Wars or something. Yes. It is like, yes. I am like on uh, what is that? Tatooine. Yeah. You know, your little uh, Anakin Skywalker, you know, you're not getting much besides building up your pod racers. But um, I just have this distinct memory of going out and, and um, my mom was like a scout leader and she was like, all right, we're going to make ice cream. And we're in like 125 degree heat. There's no shade. And you, you know how to make homemade ice cream, right? With a bucket, like with the bucket thing and stuff? Plastic bags. Oh, okay. That way. Plastic sure. bags and ice and salt. And you put, you put like milk and sugar and like all this other stuff in like a tiny plastic bag. And then you get a bigger plastic bag and you put ice and salt and you flip it over <laughs> and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And these like... 10 year old 11 year olds are just flipping this ice cream over it like a sweatshop the salt right. is getting in the cuts of your fingers and you're flipping it over and it's just it's not condensing the milk is not condensing and then we had all this like like toppings like and i just remember just drinking this like sugar milk that was not cold at all and i was like this is what it feels like to live in the desert i'm sure there's some more interesting and that was the moment where you're like i'm moving to brooklyn <laughs> I'm moving to Brooklyn. I'm moving to Bushwick. I'm going to get to some gentrified coffee shops. That sounds excellent. Is um, there a scene in Nevada that you would say you can give credit to? Um, like a music scene? No. no. Well, actually, actually, that's not true. Um, uh, know, the, the only other band I can think of that are from Vegas are the Killers. Or like the biggest. Panic at the Disco. Shamir. Um, yeah, I mean... When I was living Vegas all stars in Vegas proper, yeah, in Vegas yeah. proper, not really like I would play my high school bands. We would play like a lot of like coffee shops or record stores and get like heckled. I mean, it's really like a twenty-one plus world, you know. And then I remember when I moved to Reno, there's an all ages scene called the Holland Project where I actually was able to like go to shows and play shows and. Um, but even for a while in Reno, I played a lot of op like I couldn't really get a show there. So I, I played a lot of open mic nights, which is very, you know, soul crushing and um, terrible. But, uh, you know, it was good. A good uh, a good hustling. Ex I learned the hustle of of playing music, you know, when it's not as readily available to you, I guess. You mentioned we were joking about you wanting to move to Brooklyn. You're a kid um, when you, you you were when you were here. You it was like in that 2013, 14, 15 era, correct? That era. And that's when that kind of what I call the Bushwick sound was popular, like mm -hmm. the real hazy, dreamy kind of pothead, a lot of like weird synth sounds and like per, um, you know, <laughs> pad drums and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And your new album, Voyager, um, is a lot cleaner. It's sounds a little bit more 
Um, it's not as hazy. It's not as muffled or lo-fi. It's more, it reminds me of kind of like early nineties, um, pavements or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so why did you decide to go in that, do that like cleaner sound, get rid of that woozy Bushwick vibe and trade it for something cleaner? Yeah. I, th I think it's resources. Mm -hmm. Um, cause when I was recording like those earlier albums, like, like new flesh, it's hilarious. I mean, like I just recorded that song. I think it's all like on one track, you know, like no mixing, no production value. I just, you know, I, I, well, when I recorded that album, I was doing open mics and then I would write a song every week for, for the open mic and I would perform it and, I, and then I would record it. And those are all the songs that I was playing each week for the open mic. And I gave no, you know, um, I, I paid no attention to how it sounded. It just sort of sounded how it sounded. And then I released it. Um, but I think now that I'm, you know, um, a little bit older and have listened to more like Fleetwood Mac, I'm like, oh, I want this to sound good. You know, like I can go into a studio and, and I have, you know, more resources and more like money and, <laughs> you know, like it doesn't have to sound bad. I think before I had like a stubborn 19 year old, I want it to sound bad. And I, 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 you know, listening to a lot of like teen suicide and whatnot. But, huh? When you go like deep into SoundCloud and find all those cool bands. Yeah. 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 Well, speaking exactly. of new flesh, um, as you know, that's probably one of my favorite songs ever. Oh, thank you. Did you have any idea, like when you were writing the song, how impactful it was? I know it's like a simple thing to you, but there's something about it. There's just a certain energy to it. Well, I think that's that's the funny part about that song is like I remember um, I showed it to my friend Jacob, who I'm in another band, Surf Curse, with, and he was like, I remember I played him the song, and he was like, "Cool," and he kind of had this like underwhelming reaction. I was almost like, oh, "Okay, I'm not going to release that song." <laughs> I almost didn't release the song, um, and thank you know, thankfully I did. But I mean, I released that song like. 10 years ago you know it's like i wrote that song like 10 years ago and only and it, it's had so many like renaissances of its own you know on like vine or tumblr and now it's very internet friendly it's very internet friendly there's some like i can, i honestly have no idea you have no idea i, I have no, no idea it was just like i kind of goes at like you know the art kids are like yeah make art yeah like i mean i i yeah it, it's funny because like speaking of the whole like moving to Reno and doing the, the whole like DIY thing. I remember I wrote that song cause I heard the word DIY for the first time, like do it yourself. No and now I think it's like extremely cheesy, you know, the course of the song, like DIY, I'll do it myself, whatever. <laughs> but I guess, you know, I, I, it struck a chord in, in some people, which is, which is great, but it, it totally has a life of its own. I had, I had no idea that it would take off and, and other songs are doing that too. It's just like, it's kind of incredible. Um, the, the unpredictability of it all. I really like the song American honey on the new album. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. And that almost, you know, you know, here's, here's a good, I feel like you kind of did what, um, Kurt Vile did. Kurt Vile got a cleaner sound over time. Yeah. And I feel that, um, do you, do you like the kind of, um, 
Americana type music, you know, like John Mellencamp and that kind of thing, or does that have any kind of bearing at all? Because th that kind of expansive Midwestern sound. Yeah, you know I've unfortunately um, become a, a big fan of the Grateful Dead recently. Okay. Um, so, uh, which is, you know, met with some. Are we going to uh, have the, the Nick Radigan jam band experience here? Yeah, probably soon. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah totally i mean like the that song is you know probably the most americana on the record but i have like a whole another record that is even more leaning into like the americana thing and you know I, I, it's almost like a cliche of of like the the kind of like punk or whatever sound moving into the Americana. I feel like, you know, Jesus and the Mary, like every band kind of does it. But, but unfortunately, maybe I, I fit into the cliche. Um, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's something about, um, uh, you know, going into your your 30s or something or your four, whenever um, somebody wants to change to that sweet country sound. Uh, that's <laughs> Americana from the from the like trash uh, garage band, you know, DIY sound. And it just some something appeals to me. Adult contemporary, you know. Well when they call it that. Yeah. Well, just don't get like the eighties. We talk about like I'm a production or we're talking about like the, the late eighties, like gated snare, you know, like the echoey gated snare. If you could oh, not yeah. not how do you feel oh, about that? Oh, That's too far. I'm gonna bring it in hard. The gated snare. Oh, the like, gated snare is coming in. Nineties okay. country, just ta, ta, you know. Kukush, kukush. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. This is that's the sound of people not listening anymore because we're talking about gated snares. Oh, I I I, mm -hmm. I am rubbing my crystal ball mm -hmm. and I see a lot of people uh, being very disappointed <laughs> in uh, the, the, the new production value, but we'll see. Well, things are uh, starting to open up again, but. I'm wondering if you made Voyager during 2020 and what did a typical day look like for you 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. during 2020? Um, I actually made Voyager during the beginning of 2019. No way. Um, and I wrote all the songs like three or four years ago. It's actually like a very old record to me. It's funny because, you know, the the perception of my music, I feel like a lot of people are are discovering like the older stuff now or like I'm releasing this music that's old to me now. Um, so the, the kind of like my interpretation of it and the public perception of it is very like, kind of lives on a different timeline, I think. Um, but uh, a typical day, <laughs> oh God, depends <laughs> on which month, you know, there were some uh, early days where it was kind of like, you know, peace and love uh wow look at la it's not smoggy anymore no one's driving this is what the earth is like and then you know goes the deep dive into the self-reflection and the, the mental breakdowns and the, uh emotional and the existentialism and the existentialism and you go oh god um you know you go on a lot of walks and um you listen to a lot of podcasts and you try to uh try to just exist um did you what are you a big streaming person did you get into like holes where you were watching 85 episodes the same thing you know i really got i got so sick of watching things i mean everybody got so i got really into video games actually which ones i got really into um red dead redemption 
That's fun. Cowboy stuff. Oh. It, well, that was really the, that was the gateway for me. That was the gateway drug. I played Red Dead and I didn't realize that games were so freaking stunning now. They're like movies. Not oh, wow. Somebody, people can chime in on the bottom and said, I thought he didn't like the desert. LOL. Well, the funny thing is it's not all the, de there's tumbleweed, you know, you can go to the desert, but uh, that Red Dead is beautiful, beautiful game. And it's not even the desert, it's the fake desert. You know, you don't get the punishing heat and uh, the the blistering cold nights. You just get this nice, you're a nice cowboy, a nice frontiersman. Um, and then I played a lot of Resident Evil. Um, At like 2 a.m. with the lights off? Yeah. I'm such a pansy yeah. when it comes to um, um, scary stuff. It's amazing. It's amazing. Like, well, I played the Resident Evil 2 remake. Um and it was just like, wow, this is incredible. And then I played Resident Evil 7, which is literally like a VR haunted house game. And I, I, VR, like, VR, I had my, my dad has an Oculus and I tried it when I was home visiting. Uh, and like, even like the most mild, like thriller horror experience, oh, like terrifying. It's insane. It doesn't, it's, it doesn't have, have to be realistic either. It could be like a stick figure coming at you. Like, like before, before everything shut down, I was going to this VR arcade in LA that apparently like the 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 kids of like the Atari fortune made and there's this Minotaur VR maze and it is like literally the scariest thing you'll ever do and so I, I just can't imagine playing like like doom or like uh, you know one of those things in VR would be just horrible i love being Jimmy's like i don't know video games i don't know what you guys are talking yeah, about I call of duty my little brother there you um, go there well you if, go. if you could play one song of yours to your fans before like a zombie apocalypse slash world extinction one final song like one final song what would it be god does it have to be mine friend wow. of the devil how many other devil or a uh, box of rain box of rain <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say broke down plat palace. All right, here we go. Everybody's gonna Let's die. Go track by track, American Beauty. Uh, yeah, track by track, American. Beauty. Yeah, wake of the flood. Wake of the flood. Again, but seriously though, have you had um, you know, have you licensed music to video games or any kind of like? No. Are you a licensed guy in all? Some people like are really active on that and getting their stuff out to TV shows, commercials, blah, blah, blah. Have you? I haven't, but not for lack of trying. <laughs> I just don't think anybody, anybody wants it. You know, yeah. maybe one day, maybe one day we'll see. It's funny. Cause once the, it's it, like the TikTokers pick it up first. Mm. And I feel yeah. like, I feel like maybe, maybe some of that wind will catch on to the, to the, to the world of, commercials or film or television but who knows i do feel like a dork because when i when i see when i'm watching tv or listening watching something and a song comes up of someone that i know personally i like send it to them like they like i'm their mom or something like hey i saved your clipping from the newspaper or something yeah i think i think if people hear it on like a mainstream source they'll probably be bummed i yeah. think a lot of people like about my music is it is sort of like a kind of a cult you know, there's it, it. It belongs to the to the people who find it, really. But uh, you know, are you into? Um, do you have any interest in like? You know, it's been very well publicized that you were you were. You used to call yourself television or something. You know, yeah, the, yeah. The, the flash everything, and you had issues with the band television, all this kind of stuff. Uh, no way. Do you? 
do you um do you like i'm i'm a big fan of that like 70s alternate i don't television gang of four like that kind of music love love um what kind of stuff from the 70s also there could be some like roxy music influences there as well uh what kind of stuff from like retro stuff influenced your sound not like current stuff not my chemical romance but like stuff from that television gang of four era well i'm glad you could tell that my chem is a huge influence Blink One Eight Two, you know Blink One Eight Two, Enema of the State. That's that album is like deeply ingrained in my soul. So I kind of feel like and the Road Trip soundtrack and the Road Trip. God, dude, Scotty doesn't know. <laughs> oh my God. Um. Yeah. Well, you know, actually, I <clears throat> when I was called Television or Televisions or whatever, I I didn't even really think of the band. I was kind of ignorant to the band and all of that. You know. 70s like minimalist sort of sound but then i saw tom verlaine play at bam when i was living here actually he played over some uh like andy warhol short films and he scored one of them and it was this real like minimalist like beautiful guitar and it just like changed my life i was i never knew that that he did that for an andy warhol it was like him galaxy 500 um, Martin Rev did one and like Bradford Cox. Um, and I went to this thing and it just like, I was like, okay, I, I, after that night, I was like, I have to change my name immediately. Like I realized this person right. is like a big, and I saw television play live one time and I was just bawling, crying. It was so beautiful. Um, but definitely television ironically became a huge influence on my sound and, and like the replacements and, you know, the pixies and the breeders and, um, a lot of those like sentimental rock uh, kind of sounds definitely had yeah. a big influence, especially on this record and like Nick Cave, Lou Reed. But then uh, now I feel like I'm living in this world of like the Grateful Dead and country music and Americana, and, like a weird sort of thing. So yeah, I'm in, in New York here, we have a guy named Dougie Poole. Do you know Dougie Poole? Sounds familiar. You look at Dougie Poole. He does like the weird, like the, the, freak country i guess you would call it like that kind of you know how there was like freak folk there's yeah. like a genre there's like freak country i guess is what you'd call it but yeah i totally know what you're talking about absolutely yeah so um what are your summer plans <sighs> big question big question well i've been seeing everybody's instagram got these Flyers popping, these tour schedules popping, these posters. Well, it stresses you know. me out. It stresses me out, man. It's like <laughs> some now that the world is opening up, I feel like every day is like New Year's Eve, you know, yeah. my least favorite holiday because I'm like, well, what the I got to do the, the right thing, you know, like go to the right party. Do I be in New York? Sidebar, I really hate drinking holidays because I do feel the pressure. Um, uh, Mardi Gras, New Year's Eve, Cinco de Mayo, the St. Patrick's Day, the uh, ones that you're supposed to like yeah. have a great time at. Yeah. It's like vacations, you know. Um, there's like that David Foster Wallace short about him going on a cruise and the anxiety of trying to enjoy himself. Because oh, yeah. That's a real thing. That's, That's what summer thing. feels like. It's like everyone's like, this is the summer. Oh, we're opening up. It's, but I'm like, I. Maybe I don't want to do something fun. Yeah, people are uh, out in the streets. If you go like to the village, I was there the other day. I was like, oh, I'm, out, I'm right outside. I go Washington Square Park. It's the busiest I've ever seen it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll maybe I'll um, 
I don't really know. I'll, I'll probably travel a little bit. But, but no, but my 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 the reason I asked him is you don't have festival I don't slots have, or anything like I that. Don't, I don't have any. I made all my touring plans for 2022, unfortunately, because I was so scared. I didn't think that anything was going to be happening, and then everyone announced September 2021. But maybe I'll just go see all those bands. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking yeah. Of Voyager, I really wanted to ask you about the cover. Sure. You're a visual guy, and. Yeah, what's the concept behind this? Yeah, there, there it is right there. Yeah. Walk in it with your clothes on? Yeah. Um, the idea was to go, it's it's so there's this movie called Voyager, um that's has like Sam Shepard, you know, like talk about Americana. He's like the big, big Americana guy of like the eighties, you know. He wrote like Paris, Texas and all these True West. Great True West, True, True West, West, great baby. play. Yeah, like this Americana guy, and it's it's like him traveling through Europe, and he meets this person, and it's very just has a very disturbing um, outcome. But <laughs> I tried to dress like him in that movie, and we went to the beach, and we had this this like one line, like something terrible has happened, um, and to, you know went to the beach with these two spotlights. And uh, the Leo Carrillo in in Los Angeles, and and did this photo shoot, and tried to just keep the. We went into caves and on the beach, and did this whole thing. And um, I kind of think of it. I was like, when we were going through the shots, I was like, oh, that's the album cover. It looks like like a Billy Joel album cover if like David Lynch shot it or something. So. That's pretty accurate, yeah. <laughs> Especially because you have like the suit on, which is yeah, seventies yeah, Billy like, Joel, like Piano exactly, Man era Billy exactly, Joel, yeah. Exactly but with a bit of like surreal kind of dark Lynchian vibes. That's kind of my visual aesthetic in general as well. So uh, <laughs> when I do my, yeah, when I, I'm, I'm like a video director and photographer and that's kind oh, of great. the area, the, the, the direction I, I tend to lean in. You guys should link up if he's in the city actually, Jordan. Yeah. You could take a few shots or something. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's Billy, there's Billy Joel, you know, that Billy Joel interview he did with like Rolling Stone where he's just so depressed. Mm -hmm. You're Listen. I haven't I haven't read or seen that now. Is that from like back in the day or like Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like all jaded and, and they're like, "Billy, how you doing? You're like the most successful songwriter ever." And he's like, "Yeah, like oh no, like cool. <laughs> It's a lot cooler yeah. to be morose. It's way cooler to be like, "Yeah." Yeah, yeah, he's like he's like I'm really I'm just so depressed, you know. <laughs> and he's like, "You know, all these people want to hang out with me, but it's just because I'm Billy Joel. Like, they don't actually want to know." It's incredible. Also, I like that he that he like literally married a supermodel. Did like the most rock star move anyone yeah. can make, and married a supermodel. You know, yeah. so yeah. I, I like Billy Joel though. Good for him. I like Billy Joel. Shout out Billy Joel. Shout out Billy. <laughs> all right, uh, Nick. We that's about it for us. But thank you so much for being on the show. The new album Voyager is out now. Nick Radigan, aka Current Joys, thank you for being on the show. Rock and roll. Thank you so much. Nice Hello. to meet you guys. All right. We'll see you. All right. Have a good one. All right. That's Current Joys. He's so cool. And uh, yes, that was fun. We actually had a week off here, Demi. And so that was kind of getting back mm -hmm. on the horse. What about next week, Jordan? Do, do you want to tell them? Next week, we've got a strange kind of an interesting situation we've got a a super modern guest we have peyton moormeyer who's now going by peyton started as a youtuber now uh, a really cool rock and roll oriented singer songwriter and then we have 
that is on Tuesday. And on Wednesday, we have Richard Marks, which is wild because in the late 80s and early 90s, outside of maybe Michael Jackson, George Michael, Whitney Houston, maybe five or six other people, Richard Marks was one of the most successful recording artists of that era. Not only did he record several of his own hits, he wrote and produced hits for other people. So it'll be a really cool conversation to have with all this history. And especially because he's promoting his new memoir. So maybe we can get some juicy eighties pop music, Madonna stories out of him or something. So yeah. So that's next week. So we have some really cool shows coming up. We're also on TikTok now. Also go to the Pop Dust YouTube channel and uh, Facebook. Well, Instagram, we're going to start putting ourselves on, on the Pop Dust IGTV. So check that out as well. So until next week, we'll see you later. Take it easy.